0: One thing that I hate about where our society is going, specifically because of the left, is how we're beginning to change everything. We've changed our language. We have normalized incorrect English by putting at at the end of the sentence, and we don't even understand that that's bad English. We've changed definitions and how we did, like we did with gender. We have even changed the way we use pronouns. For example, referring to someone as a they instead of a him or a her. We're trying to change science because of political correctness. Man wanting to be a woman means that he is a woman no matter what his DNA says. Gender dysphoria is no longer a mental disorder. We are assigned a gender, not born with it. And the world is going to end in 10 years because of weather. But the worst thing we're doing is changing the history of the United States without adding context to the history of the world. The revision of our history is enunciating our dark moments without acknowledging our successes. The goal of this is to emphasize the failure of the United States and all its systems. Enter the 1619 Project. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbass Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics on this special Sunday edition that we're going to have today. We're going to talk about the 1619 Project. So, what is it? We're going to define it, and then we're just going to let the 16 the introduction to the 1619 Project pretty much explain itself. There is this huge push to revise the history within the United States. This is revisionist a revisionist push, Uh, It's not something that just happened. It's been happening for decades now. But this time, it's being pushed, and it seems to be almost embraced. Uh, People like Howard Zinn have written histories that make the United States look like an imperialistic tyranny instead of a country that celebrates freedoms that have been given to us by God, not government. Zinn has always looked... He's the most famous... Uh, He's the actual most famous writer when it comes to revisionist history, and there's no question. In Howard Zinn's book, The People's History of the United States, a book that was touted by Matt Damon, who played the genius in Good Will Hunting, blamed all the evils in history on the United States, slavery, the Native American crisis, the Civil War, World War II and World War I, Vietnam, the wars in the Middle East. Even terrorism directed at the United States was all because of the imperialism of the United States. Many of Zinn's findings were actually debunked by real historians. In fact, there's a couple of books out there written that destroys just about all of Zinn's arguments throughout his 600-page book. But this doesn't matter to leftists. The book is being touted as, legitimate, as a legitimate history of the United States and how, has found its way into high schools and colleges and is mandatory reading in a lot of these places. In 2019, another document that tries to revise the American history was released, the 1619 Project. Now according to Wikipedia, I mean, this is a straight definition, The 1619 Project is a long-form journalism project developed by Nicole Hannah-Jones, writers from the New York Times, and the New York Times Magazine, which, quote, aims to reframe the country's history by placing consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of the United States national narrative. The project was first published in August of 2019 for the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first enslaved Africans in the Virginia colony. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this. That's already kind of a questionable definition. That's according to the New York Times with the first enslaved Afri- Africans. Because as we're going to talk about a little bit later, the first, there were about 20 of them that came to the United States from Africa. They actually technically weren't slaves. Uh, And actually, all of them were freed after a certain amount of time. So we'll get into that. The project later included a broad sheet article, live events, and a podcast. I do want to add here that it's gone way beyond that. They actually have school lessons plans. Um, They have made tests that teachers can give students based off the garbage that is in this project they they have done quite a bit if you go to my website you'll uh, dumbassistalkingpolitics.com i've got a ton of information that is available for the 1619 project um we're going to talk about there are uh, lots of problems with the 1619 project but just to give you a taste i'm going to read the introduction to the 1619 project it's a little bit long It's about three, four paragraphs long, but you can get the idea. And I'll comment as I read this and you'll get the idea of what it's about. Now, it's about 100 pages long. It's kind of long, Um, very iffy as far as historical content. I think that's one of the critiques about it and the critiques I'll get to but let's let's read this I, I have read the entire document and i just yeah i just shook my head so let's read this is the introduction for to the 1619 project released in the new york times uh, released in the new york times uh, which is it oh i can't remember the new york times magazine so here we go here it is <clears throat> It is not a year that most Americans know as notable date as a notable date in our country's history. Those who do are at most a tiny fraction of those who can tell you that 1776 is the year of our nation's birth. What if, however, we were to tell you that this fact, which is taught in our schools and unanimously celebrated every 4th of July, is wrong and the country's true birth date The moment that its defining contradictions first came into the world was late in August of 1619. Okay, a couple things with that section. Uh, First off, there was no United States in 1619. So, the United States was made up of English, English, French, and Spanish. So, to sit back and say that 1619 was the birth of our nation is stupid, the birth of our nation occurred in 1776 when we freed ourselves from the British. And then we fought a couple of wars to get rid of the French and get rid of the Spanish. So this is not true and it really does make a mockery. Again, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the actual slaves. So though the exact date has been lost to history, it has come to be observed on August 20th that was when the ship arrived at point point comfort in the british colony of virginia so right off the bat you got a problem there they're actually acknowledging it was a british colony it wasn't a united states colony so you can see there's lots of contradictions and as a matter of fact if you read this whole thing there's just way too much contradiction okay continuing bearing a cargo of 20 to 30 enslaved africans Uh, sort of enslaved. They actually weren't necessarily enslaved. They were indentured servants. We're going to talk about that a little later. Their arrival inaugurated a barbaric system of chattel slavery that would last for the next 250 years. This is sometimes referred to as the country's original sin, but it's more than that. It is the country's very origin. Okay, right off the bat, you've got to believe that to actually accept that. So as far as I'm concerned, the first paragraph of their introduction does it for me. I'm already out. Um, Slavery was not, it may have been the country's, it may have been within the country, but let's not forget that the starting of the country was 1492 by the Spanish and the Spanish did not permit slavery. So it was over a hundred years but we got to forget about Columbus. And, and by the way, Columbus was no angel. Columbus actually served time for enslaving, I believe they were Haitians, and sending them back to Spain. So Queen Isabella actually did put him back, put him into jail for doing that. And Queen Isabella did free the slaves that uh, uh, Columbus actually sent back to Spain. So... If you really want to get crazy, you'd have to say 1492 is the beginning of our country, but they can't do that. It's always about one group. So I'll continue on. Out of slavery and the anti-black racism it required grew nearly everything that has truly made America exceptional. Its economic might, its industrial power, its electoral system. Diet and popular music, the inequities of its public health and education, its astonishing penchant for violence, its income inequality, the example it sets for the world as a land of freedom and equality, its slang, its legal system, and the endemic racial fears and hatreds that continue to plague it to this day. The seeds of all that were planted long before our official birth date in 1776, when men known as our founders formally declared independence from Britain There is so much wrong with that paragraph I, I can't even go into it Because we're going to go into it With the rest of the podcast But one of the things I want to point out She's saying that And this was written by Nicole Hannah-Jones So I do want to know um, Freedom and equality it, it sets the world for freedom and equality Um popular music astonishing well I mean economic might industrial power or electoral all the things she's mixing the bad with the good by the way we're not the most violent country in the world we're not imperialistic none of that is a thing but she also mixes some really good qualities of the United States so our economic might they want to change our economic system so if we're so powerful economically isn't that a good thing But they don't acknowledge that. Our industrial power. Our industrial power was there when slavery was over. Now, granted, there was Jim Crow and that was bad, but our industrial power was already there. That's a good thing. But they want to get rid of that. The electoral system. She's saying that this is a good system. Well, if it's a good system, why do you want to get rid of it? And then she goes into all of the negative stuff. And by the way, this is a typical writing technique. You go into the negative stuff so that people remember the negative. They don't remember the industrial power, the economic might, the great electoral system. They remember we're a country of violence and racial blah, 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 okay? So let's continue. The Goal of 1619 Project, a major initiative from the New York Times that this issue of the magazine inaugurates is to reframe American history by considering what it would mean to regard 1619 as our nation's birth year. This is important. Nicole Hannah-Jones and the New York Times are saying that this is revisionist history. They are calling this revisionist history. It is to reframe American history. In other words, it's to change American history. I continue, doing so requires us to place the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of the story. We tell ourselves about who we are as a country, perhaps you need some persuading. This issue contains essays on different aspects of contemporary American life, from mass incarceration to rush hour traffic, that have their roots in slavery and its aftermath. So right off the bat, I've got some real issues here. Mass incarceration really has nothing to do with race. And mass shootings and and the shootings, they keep saying cops are killing black people. That's not happening. Um, I just read an initial report from the uh, Justice Department that said that 19 blacks were killed by guns, by police shootings last year, which was down from 2019. This this whole thing is just really dumb. Uh, rush hour traffic is now slavery. Do you do you see the problem already? So let's go. We're gonna continue on. Each essay takes up a modern phenomena, familiar to all, and reveals its history. The first by the staff writer Nicole Hannah Jones, from whose mind this project sprang provides the intellectual framework for the project and can be read as an introduction. Alongside the essays, you will find 17 literary works that bring to life key moments in African-American history. I do want to point out those 17 uh, um, African-American history notes. Yeah, they're coming from reporters and like sociologists. I think there's a historian in there, here and there, but they're like a Howard Zinn-like historian. So we got to be careful with who's writing this stuff. I mean, I can make up a history of the United States right now. So, okay, continuing. These works are all original compositions by contemporary black writers who were asked to choose events on a timeline of the past 400 years. The poetry and fiction they created is arranged chronologically throughout the issue, and each work is introduced by the history to which the author is responding. A word of warning there is gruesome material in these pages. Ooh. Material that our readers will find disturbing. That is, unfortunately, as it must be. American history cannot be told truthfully without a clear vision on how inhuman and immoral the treatment of black Americans has been. By acknowledging this shameful history, by trying hard to understand its powerful influence on the present, Perhaps we can prepare ourselves for a more just future. That is the hope of this project. Now, the the just to give you, Nicole Hannah-Jones actually won a Pulitzer Prize for this 100-page load of trash. I did print this thing. I did read it. I did mark notes. I was thinking of actually going through this whole thing and actually critiquing each essay and then I realized I don't want to go through it again so I just wanted to go over so she did win a Pulitzer Prize the New York Times did have to retract some of the material from the 1619 project because some of their historic sightings were just flat out incorrect they were lies I mean they weren't even close to being factual And so things needed to be changed in order to make it more accurate. So the New York Times has gotten into trouble. This thing has been analyzed by multiple historians that said, and we're going to go into that, that it's not factual. Uh, And Nicole Hannah-Jones won a Pulitzer Prize and has become basically the de facto editor for the New York Times. So just a lot of crap. Uh it's it's a lot of crap in this whole thing so but why why would they do this this why would a group want to completely rewrite american history well there are several reasons the first and foremost reason is to change the way the youth think about america they will be our leaders one day the goal is to change the culture so that the future generations will change it politically politics is always downstream of culture a lot of people say that a lot of people don't understand well the culture typically changes in one way first and then politics changes when that generation when that generation who's had their culture messed with changes why is it we weren't talking about why is it everything is systemically racist in 2020, but in 2005, nothing was systemically racist. Why is it in 1980, things weren't systemically racist? Where did this racism thing come from? Well, the culture was, this is what the left is very good at. They're very good at manipulating the culture. They've been doing it for decades now. They've been doing it probably since the 1960s. The 1619 Project is trying to change the culture, and the best way to do that is to create a tool that rewrites American history, that can be taught in our schools. It's rather disturbing. They also want to blame America for slavery. And this is just crap. Slavery has been around for, like, ever. The pyramids were built off the backs of slaves. The pyramids were around, you know, a couple thousand years, a thousand years, I don't know how long before Christ, but they were before Christ. Slavery still exists today. Nobody thinks they live, and where's the most common slavery? Well, China, there's a lot of slavery in China. There's a lot of slavery in Africa still. So it kind of it is making America the center for slavery. It wants to make it that only blacks made America what it is today. But it ignores what we did as a nation. It tries to actually group blacks and whites. and It it, it doesn't even group people of color. It makes it that it was a black thing. Here's the problem. Here's the big problem. And this is where people like Thomas Sowell, Candace Owens, come into play because they're all black. They don't want to be seen as a group. Kenneth Owens doesn't want to be seen as a black woman. She wants to be seen as an American. Thomas Sowell doesn't want to be seen as a black man. He wants to be seen as an American. And that's a big problem for them. They made it. So, hey, by the way, Martin Luther King did not want to be seen as a black man. He wanted to be seen as an American. Let's make a dream speech showed that. So, and this is terrible because basically in 1964, when the Civil Rights Act was enacted, we are going to basically forget that these individuals are no longer blacks that are under, under oppression, but now they're Americans just like white folks are. And it's really kind of sad if you think about it. I think Martin Luther King would be turning in his grave today if he knew what had happened. The other thing is, it only it makes America into evil. And if America is evil, then it must be changed. That includes eliminating our philosophy, accomplishments, and successes. Everything needs to go away. Our political system, our economy, everything. And this is the the goal, is to make kids believe today that the reason we are successful is because we are just an evil, evil country and slavery did it. Of course, what they fail to say is we've never had gulags or actually ended slavery. They they do forget a lot of things, which I'm going to get into later. So we're going to talk about that later. They ignore our real history and the struggles that we actually went through to become a successful country that we are today. For example, they forgot that this country was founded by people who left England, not because they wanted to enslave the Indians. They came here so that they can actually escape religious persecution. They came here so they could have freedom. Later on, when we talk about history, we start getting kind of into these Sunday shows, we're going to talk about the history of the United States. Because from 1492 to um, 1776, the foundation of individual rights, individual freedom, religious rights and religious freedom, was a thing way back, well before 1776. So to sit back and say that slavery is what made us is just not not the truth. As a matter of fact, those who are against the First Amendment don't realize that the First Amendment was created so that the people that came here, and the people who came here, the Puritans, the Pilgrims, the Calvinists, were actually against slavery. But they don't want to talk about that. We can't do it. Um, We can't talk about how the Civil War was made so that blacks could be freed from slavery. We can't talk about um, the United States fought two world wars to end tyranny in Europe, and we didn't even want to fight those wars. We can't talk about any of that. we can't talk about the Civil Rights Act, when the United States realized that the Jim Crow laws were evil and they needed to end. You could even go so far and I'm conservative, but not that conservative you can even go so far as gay marriage we saw that two men or two women couldn't be married was probably not a good thing it might i don't think it was evil but it's probably not necessary and we eliminated that too but they don't talk about it the big problem here and this is what the media is really pushing today is that racism is systemic it's in our it's in our system it's in our laws it's in our government Which is just an absolute lie. And whenever you talk to someone who says our government is systemically racist, all you have to do is say, well, what system is racist, please? Because the first thing they'll sit there and say, well, look what happened to George Floyd. The first thing I'll say is, well, George Floyd's, the guy who killed George Floyd, is in jail right now. He got arrested for that. As far as I'm concerned, it shows the system is not racist. Point out what system is racist. Education system? I don't see any racism there. Everyone has the right to an education, even though I think our public school systems suck, and not just for blacks. It sucks for everybody. I know people who are in public school right now, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about half the time. I know people who have said they don't even know who the first president of the United States is. My fiancé, she can pass a civics exam, and I think I've said this before, probably far easier than some of our kids who were born in this country and have the benefits, well, I'm using air quotes here, of a public school education. It's just not true. It ignores the struggles the country went through, black and white, to get where we are today. You know, there seems to be this thought that, um, okay, we're going to get into that. There were struggles. We had the Depression. The Depression wasn't just a black thing. We all suffered. World War II. Tens of thousands of Americans died in World War II and World War I. And it wasn't... Uh, race had nothing to do with it. The Civil War. Most of the men that died in the Civil War, 65,000, didn't die, weren't black... There were a lot of black folk in the Civil War, but not as many. They were white, and they fought the Civil War to end the evils of slavery. This whole essay ignores how far we've come. We came from Columbus and the pilgrims riding in a boat that could barely make it across the Atlantic onto the United States. Pilgrims couldn't even use and had, had no knowledge of how to raise agriculture worked with the Indians to figure out that's where that's where the uh, Thanksgiving come from came from. worked with the Indians to figure out what can grow here and one can't. We learned how to cook from the Indians and they are another group that is continually they continually point to say we de- no we worked with the Indians for a very long time. And I've already said in other episodes that, you know, I am not one of these guys that buys the whole we killed all the Indians, blah, blah, blah. I don't get it. The other thing this does is it demonizes the entire race, the white race. This is a document on black supremacy and is very dangerous. When you demonize someone strictly by the color of their skin, you end up with slavery gulags and holocausts it isn't this isn't what we should be fighting against this is i'm sorry this is exactly what we should be fighting against is when we sit there and we put people in the buckets and not to mention not all white races were considered the same irish scottish italians germans were actually looked down upon too. A lot of folks that came to this country came here on indentured servitude, which we're going to talk about later. They were slaves also. So it's, it's just, it's really short-sighted. It's tunnel vision to sit back and say that, well, this country, whites always had it good and blacks always were victimized. It just wasn't true. What this also does is it ignores the sins of other civilizations, including the African and Muslim civilizations. I mentioned this earlier, but the, slavery has been around for thousands of years. It's been around longer than it hasn't been around. And by the way, it's still around. Uh, we've talked about China, Africa. They still have slavery. Your iPhone is a prime example of of slavery, which is why I will never own or buy an iPhone ever again. The African and Muslim civilizations were heavy into slavery. Heck, the Muslims didn't finish, didn't actually end slavery. The last Muslim country, I believe, didn't end slavery until the 1960s. America did not invent slavery. As a matter of fact, in 1776, when the Founding Fathers were talking about separating from England, they had talked about putting slavery, getting rid of slavery. They just, well, we're going to talk about that later. They just couldn't do it at the time. This is some really dangerous stuff. This is changing U.S. history in order to demonize a country, its citizens, and the system. It justifies this cancel culture that we actually see today if you're a white man you must be an anti-racist anti-racism means you're already a racist but you have to proclaim that you're against racism well guess what i'm not a racist i don't need to be an anti-racist because i already am a, i'm not a racist never have been don't really care your color it demonizes the it demonizes the system The system is all evil, must be torn apart. And if you look at Black Lives Matter and some of those other black supremacist groups, and I'm going to call them black supremacist groups because that's what they are. They actually say we need a system of Marxism, a a communal system, a collective system. The economy needs to be collective. When we talk about equity, it used to be about equality. I mean, literally about a year ago, it was equality. Now it's equity. That means we need to take from the people that have and give to people who don't have. That's Marxism. That's communism. Promotes a complete change of the system of the most successful country in world history. That's another thing. It's, you want to change something when it ain't broke? What country do these people want to live in? If you want to, you don't like the country, that's fine. You can go to another country. You're free, you have that freedom, unlike the Soviet Union, where you couldn't leave the country. They actually built a wall and shot people who tried to leave the Soviet Union. They actually kill people who try and leave Cuba. They kill people who try and leave North Korea. It justifies the persecution of the people who don't agree with you. We're hearing this right now. We're hearing right now, well, this person doesn't believe that the econ- there's systemic racism, so that means he's a racist. We're hearing this every day. Every day we're hearing this. Not that they have that person on the, the fake news media, legacy media show, and they actually debate that individual it's just automatically assumed that's what it is ted cruz he objected to uh donald trump's losing the election he objected to joe biden winning the election which by the way they did the democrats did in 2016 when trump won they did it in 2008 when bush won and they did it again in 2000 when bush won that's racist everything is racist it creates a race superiority it makes a certain race the moral authority in this country not reason not debate but race race is what's going to be the important tag there well here's the thing when one race thinks that it is superior to another race because of their color because of the color of their skin what do we call that? Racism. That's the definition of racism. So, whenever I hear somebody talk to me about how blacks were this and blacks were that, okay, yeah, they were, but they're not anymore. So, what's your point? I got into an argument with a guy who was screaming systemic racism, screaming it. And he said he had a right to say it because he was black. And I didn't really have a right to argue. And the first question I asked him was, well, wait a minute, weren't you a fire department captain? Well, yeah, well then, you were part of the system. Are you a racist? Because by your definition of systemic racism, any person that belongs to the system is racist. It's, it's, we tried to get rid of this in 1964. We tried to get rid of this during the Civil War when it ended in 1865. We failed. We added, added Jim Crow, which was another hundred years years—a blight on our country, another hundred years of racism. We finally killed it in 1964. And I'm sorry, I, I don't see where blacks are persecuted more than anybody else in the country. But race superiority, moral superiority is racist and it doesn't matter the color of your skin or who has it it's still racism this will justify policies that will hurt the economy of this country by people who want to hurt the economy well not just the economy but the philosophy of this country and it pushes us closer to the need for marxism or socialism depending on what you want marxism leads to tyranny it leads to injustice and anyone who tells you no 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 we want the socialism that you actually say uh that you actually see in like norway or sweden or switzerland well guess what They have one race in Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, they're all white. They don't have the problems we have in this country. They don't have the diversity that we have in this country. They're trying to let people into their country to make them more diverse, specifically the Muslims, and now they're beginning to cut that out. And it assumes that those countries are actually Marxist are actually socialist and they're not they're free market systems that have a heavy nanny state policy so they're not the same but when you talk about bernie sanders who's a pure socialist alexandria ocasio-cortez who's a pure socialist and you're talking about blm black lives matter who are marxists they're not talking norway socialism or sweden socialism They're talking Chinese socialism, Cuba socialism, Venezuela socialism. Do we know why? Because all three of those actually commended those socialist governments. I've never heard them commend uh, Norway the way they do the Soviet Union. Hell, Bernie Sanders spent his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. Bernie Sanders was justifying bread lines in Cuba So this is really scary stuff. And the problem is, this scary stuff is becoming mainstream. And that is really, really, really bad. But the one thing we need to talk about is, you know, with these people actually making this kind of mainstream, let's talk about what's wrong with this document. Because this was what confuses me. This document is completely wrong. And people have beaten them up on it so let's let's talk about that now here is the real problem with the 1619 project and i don't think it is going to shock anybody but it's not real accurate it is it actually has some issues so according to the wall street journal article by uh, elliot kaufman he says quote so wrong in so many ways is how gordon wood the pulitzer prize winning historian of the American Revolution." characterized the New York Times 1619 project. James McPherson, Dean of Civil War Historians and and another Pulitzer Prize winner, said the Times represented an unbiased one account that left most of the history out. Even more surprising than the criticism of these generally liberal historians was where the interviews appeared on the World Socialist website run by the Trotz- socialist equality party now I do want to point out something that um, notice I didn't sit there and say it's wrong for this I I want the professionals to actually say what's wrong with it I did that for a reason because I could sit there and give you 50,000 reasons why this was so wrong in so many different ways I just decided not to so let's continue with the Wall Street Journal article a September essay for the World Socialist website called the project a ra- racialist falsification of history. I mean, that's, that's something, if a socialist website is calling it that. That didn't get much attention, but in November, the interviews with the historians went viral. I wish my books would have been this kind of reaction, Mr. Woods says in an email. It strikes me as amazing why the New York Times would put its authority behind a project that has such weak scholarly support. He adds that the fellow historians have privately expressed their agreement. Mr. McPherson coolly describes the project's implicit position that there have been, never been any good white people, therefore ignoring white radicals and even liberals who have supported racial equality? So this was actually a what the, he's basically saying in this article. This was actually a very divisive project, the 1619 project, because a lot of even liberals are saying, uh, "Whoa, slow down." The project's creator, continuing from the uh, WSJ article, the project's creator Nicole Hannah Jones is proud that it decenters whiteness end quote, quote, decenters whiteness, end quote, and disdains its critics as, quote, old white male historians, end quote. She tweeted of Mr. McPherson, quote, who considers him preeminent? I don't, end quote. Her own qualifications are an undergraduate degree in history of African American studies and a master's in journalism. She says that the project goes beyond Mr. McPherson's expertise, the Civil War, Quote, for the most part, she writes in a lead essay, Black Americans fought back alone against racism. No wonder she'd rather not talk about the Civil War. I mean, I know it was kind of, I took three paragraphs out of that article, but that does say something. This is the problem with the 1619 Project. It actually hides history. The Civil War was history. The Civil Rights Amendment in 1963 or 64 was history. Jim Crow, just like Jim Crow and slavery were American history. I don't think we should ignore those either. I think we should really learn from them. But it really shows you something, what Nicole Hannah-Jones was actually doing. When called out by the socialist organization, Nicole Hannah-Jones doubled down using her race as a justification. Listen to this. This is awesome. To the Trotskyists, Miss Hannah Jones writes, quote, you all have truly revealed yourselves for the anti-black folks. You really are. She's calling socialists and communists. Trotskyites are pure communists. She's calling them anti-black. Okay. She calls them, quote, white men claiming to be socialists, end quote. Perhaps you're guilty of being white men. But they're definitely they're but they're definitely socialists. Their faction called the work. Uh, the, I'm sorry. Let me let me repeat that. She calls them quote white men claiming to be socialists end quote. Okay. Perhaps they're guilty of being white men, but they're definitely socialists. Their faction called the Workers League. Their faction, which was called the Workers League until 1995, was quote. One of the most strident and rigid Marxist groups in America, end quote, during the Cold War, says Harvey Clare, a leading historian of American communism. So essentially what she's saying is, she's saying these people are not socialists or communists or Marxists, they're white. Again, she ignores what people are. Continuing from the article... Quote, ours is not a patriotic, flag waving kind of perspective, says Thomas MacBurn, the World Socialist Web Site's interviewer and history of professor history professor at the King's College of Wilkes Barr, Pennsylvania. He simply recognizes that the arrival of twenty slaves in sixteen nineteen wasn't a quote world altering event, end quote. And again, we're going to talk about why these weren't slaves. Okay, they were indentured servants. Kind of like slavery, but they would be free eventually. Slave, continuing from the article, slavery had existed across the world for millennia, and there are already slaves elsewhere in the world in what would become the US before 1619. But even but, quote even if you want to make slavery the central story of American history, end quote, he says, the times gets it backwards. The American Revolution didn't found a slavocracy, as Hannah Jones, Miss Hannah Jones puts it. Instead, Mr. McMinn's telling, it, quote, brought slavery in for questioning in a way that had never been done before, end quote, by, quote, raising universal human equality as a fundamental principle, end quote. Nor was protecting slavery, quote, one of the primary reasons, end quote, the colonists declared independence, as Miss Hannah Jones claims. It's no coincidence that abolitionists rapidly won votes to end slavery in five of the original 13 states, along with Vermont and the new states of the Midwest. So basically what she's saying is, what he's saying is, you know, He's not saying that socialism is bad or the United States is good. What he's saying is socialism needs to be in the United States for other reasons other than slavery. Slavery is not the reason the United States is a bad country. So let's make sure we understand that. This guy is not saying the United States is a great country. He's just saying that slavery had nothing to do with why the United States is a bad country. Considering he's a Marxist slash socialist slash communist, you've got to assume his reasoning is um, capitalism, that he doesn't like it, which, by the way, is the primary focus of Marxism. It's on capitalism. It's not actually on anything else but our economic system. Continuing, Miss Hannah Jones insists, quote, anti-black racism runs in the very DNA of this country. Mr., uh, end quote. Mr. Macman calls that claim quote, anti-historical, end quote, proving it requires requires her to belittle the most progressive declaration of modern history, quote, that all men are created equal, end quote. Ms. Hannah-Jones calls this a, quote, lie, end quote, and claims its drafters didn't believe it. The abolitionists disagreed. We're going to talk about the abolitionists, too. So did Martha Luther King. He saw it as a, quote, promissory note, end quote, Other things that the 1619 Project gets wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to repeat some of this stuff. Sociologist Matthew Desmond marshals substantially discredited research to tar the whole American capitalism as a legacy of of, uh, slavery. Legal activist Byron Stevenson presents the war on drugs and broken windows policing as successors to lynching the Black Codes, and other white strategies of racial control. None of this happens anymore. Joseph Kishore, the Socialist Equality Party's national secretary, says the 6019 Project is aimed at legitimizing the politics of the Democratic Party and at dividing the workers by race, which is exactly what socialists don't want to do. Socialists want to actually get all the workers against the minority government and against the minority capitalists. That's what they want. They don't want the workers to be divided by blacks, Hispanics, whites. They want to join all of them. The other issues of the 1619 Project come from The Atlantic, far from a right-wing publication. They did try to ease the conflict, but pointed out that the conflict was started by real historians who had issue with the layman's history created by the document. Several, this is a quote from this is a, a couple paragraphs from the Atlantic. Several weeks ago the Princeton historian Sean Willens, who was critici- who, who had criticized the 16 not. 19 projects quote cynicism end quote in a lecture in November began quietly circulating a letter objecting to the project and some of Hannah Jones work in particular the letter acquired four signatories James McPherson James McPherson Gordon Wood Victoria Bynum and James Oaks all leading scholars in their field they sent the letter to three top time New York Times editors and publisher A.G. Sulzberg. On December 4th, a version of the letter was published on Friday, along with a detailed rebuttal from Jake Silverstein, the editor of Times Magazine. The letter sent to the Times says, We applaud the efforts to, ad- quote, we applaud the efforts to address the foundational cred- cred- uh, centrality of slavery and racism in history, end quote, but then veers into harsh criticism of the 1619 Project. The letter refers to quote matters of verifiable fact, end quote, and quote, cannot be described as interpretation or framing, end quote, and says the project reflected, quote, a displacement of historical understanding by ideology, end quote. Willens and his fellow signatories didn't just dispute the New York Times uh, New York Times magazine's interpretation of the past, but demanded corrections. And the New York Times did it. Americans need to believe that as Martin Luther King said the arc of history bends towards justice and they are rarely the kind to those and they're rarely kind to those who question whether it actually does the problem with this whole thing is there has never been justice done to blacks martin luther king didn't believe that in 1964 so this goes completely against everything that the real civil rights activists in the 50s, and heck, you can go way back. You can go back to the 1900s. You can go back to the 1800s when abolition, the abolition movement kicked in, that people were not trying to end slavery as... Nicole Hannah-Jones wants to point out, and she skips all the history. These people wanted this whole thing to end, and this is an attempt to say that never happened, and slavery never ended, and all it does is skips history. Now it's time for my opinions, and I wrote this long before a lot of the other things I wrote. Um, What does this document ignore? And understand something, I'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I love American history. This is going to also give you some things that I actually held back in the beginning of this really long podcast. Okay, the first thing, from a history standpoint, the Africans were brought over in 1619. Um, they weren't slaves. They were indentured servants. Now, being an indentured servant sucked too. But it wasn't limited. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, concentrated on blacks, whites from England, Ireland, Germany, Spain. Not well. Not Spain because they did it. Um, other countries. Ireland, uh, Scotland. They were all. Italy. They were also considered indentured servants. Now, indentured servitude was bad. Uh, it was considered slavery and. No matter who you were, whether you're white, black, green, yellow, you still could have your rights taken away. But the reality is, once they were finished their term, they were freed and usually given land. Of those blacks that were brought to the United States, a lot of them ended up with land after they were freed. They were able, and a lot of those blacks actually ended up owning slaves. So it is not necessarily true that those slaves that came over here were actually slaves. They were probably indentured servants. Chattel slavery really didn't start till later in the century, and that's the roots kind of the movie Roots kind of slavery, where people were beaten. They were beaten. Uh, indentured servants were beaten too, but it had nothing to do with race. Ignores the fact that the Puritans, the Pilgrims the Spanish colonists did not support any type of slavery. Christopher Columbus actually got into trouble with Queen Isabella of Spain for sending her, I think it was 500 Haitian slaves. He was arrested. He was put in jail and the slaves were immediately freed and sent home. The He was eventually released. He didn't think he was going back to the uh, United States after that. So, it's not like everyone was just like, hey, let's do slavery. It ignores the fact the founding fathers did debate about ending slavery with the new Constitution. George Washington actually freed his slaves. Slavery is mentioned in the Federalist Papers. It was debated. But because the South depended on slavery and the Union needed to remain unified, the founding fathers thought that this was just flat out not the time to ban slavery during, before the Revolutionary War. But the abolitionist movement, which again is missed, picked up steam in the late uh, 18th century and early 19th century, well before the Civil War, to the point that actual laws were made that banned slavery in new states. Only the southern states, and certain southern states, could have slavery. It ignores the individual and puts individuals into groups based on race. The Socialist Party in the United States doesn't like this, as I, we've talked about earlier. This is, by the way, evil. This is racist. This, is, this was done during slavery and Jim Crow. It was done in Nazi Germany by Hitler with the Jews. It was done in Cuba. By the leftist revered Che Guevara when he stuck people who were gay or he thought he was gay into concentration camps. It's done in China right now with the Uyghurs. This is evil and nothing good can come of this. Likewise, it groups whites as a single race and all of us have that same white privilege. This is racist and it's just flat out not true. It doesn't acknowledge that Whites also were in their little own castes within the United States. Germans, Irish, and Italians were all white ethnicities, and let's not forget the Jews, but were seen as a lower class compared to the northern European race, which was the English. They were treated pretty badly, and they couldn't get themselves good jobs or own land. Jews, also considered white, which they are, were treated with disdain and hated. But none of that matters as long as they're all white and no one sits back and pushes back on this. White people are bad. It ignores the individual capacity of, an, of the person itself. If a black man can only get a job as a ditch digger, it's because of racial inequity or racial inequality. You notice they don't use inequality anymore, they use inequity. If a white man is a ditch digger, it's just ignored. They both have problems, their capacity. And it also ignores uh, people who are put in prison. There are more white people in prison than there are black people in prison, but the black person's in prison because of racism Yet the white person's in prison, would just ignore that. That's a horrid problem with this document altogether. And that's why I have a hard time even, even acknowledging it. This is another thing. If there's systemic racism in the United States, where is it? You can't say the police department. When Derek Chauvin sat on the neck of George Floyd... Um, he wasn't released, he's still in jail as we speak. And what evidence is there? We were systemically racist before the Civil Rights Act, but where is it now? It ignores the times that have changed the history, that have changed, and that history in the United States was flat, which means we were racist in 1619, why we weren't racist in 1492, I don't know, but we were racist in 1619, and that same level of racism is today. According to the 1619 Project, blacks have it just as bad today as they did during slavery and Jim Crow. This is just ridiculous. It states that all technology and feats achieved by the United States has been abled, enabled by slavery giving blacks credit in areas that are just not true or actually just had nothing to do with slavery. The light bulb was a prime example. It was said that a black man, I don't know his name, invented the light bulb. Well, no, Edison invented the white light bulb. He was a white guy. The guy who worked with the light bulb was a black guy, but he improved the filament within the light bulb. So instead of saying that a black man was able to engineer a better light bulb, they said he invented the light bulb, and a white man shouldn't take credit for this. This is just so wrong, and it's changing everything about history. And it's also completely ignoring what, these, what black people did to help our society get better. And we've also got things like electricity, spaceflight, the internet, computing, cars, technology, astrophysics, the plane, and jets, and other forms of technology that had nothing to do with slavery. But I guarantee you there was a black man there. And it had nothing to do with inequity or inequality or anything like that. By the way, the first black man in space, the Challenger. I, so it's kind of like, where is this slavery that we're talking about? We've been kind of fixed on this for 50 years, and none of this stuff is being touted. So basically, the black man made everything, but when black men actually made something, and I say black people, but it, because there are black women too, but when black men did do something, it's pushed down because you can't have that kind of equality between a white engineer and a black engineer, even though there was equality between a black engineer and a white engineer. The document has no problem stating that America has done wrong, but ignores what America has done right throughout history to fix our sins. The Civil War, women's suffrage, reparations for the Japanese interned during World War II, the Civil Rights Act, which ended the Jim Crow laws. These never happened and if acknowledged as significant times in american history would have made america look like well we've done really bad things and we've tried to fix it i'm saying we shouldn't ignore the stains of american history i'm just saying we shouldn't ignore the good things american history did to try and put a little seltzer on those stains it also brings up that rich black culture and how it affect, also brings up the rich black culture and how it affected American culture. Now this is true. Blacks have a great culture. I embrace black culture. I love the dance, I love the blues, I love the jazz, I love the literature. But American culture seems to be forgotten. Whites had some culture also. Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, John Wayne, Elvis might have something to say about having an effect on culture. It ignores the successes that blacks have had in this country and even says that those people are still being victimized. Oprah Winfrey is worth a billion dollars. Would she have done that in another country? Would she have done that in this country if it wasn't for the, if she was black if there was systemic racism would she have done that in this country LeBron James who is no genius and continually bitches about inequality and inequity is worth a billion dollars would he have done this in any other country I mean the guy's got a high school degree and he throws a basket through, ball, throws a ball through a hoop and can dribble really fast and is really tall If there was systemic racism, would he be worth a billion dollars? Everyone who added to the 1619 project has a degree and is black and from either like Harvard or Princeton? Does it sound like these people were being impressed? Stop it. It's stupid. Finally, uh, well, not finally, i got a couple more, but the other thing is that it kind of ignores history, world history. Didn't mankind have slavery throughout its history? Weren't the pyramids of Egypt built from slave labor well before Christ was born? Weren't the pyramids of Mexico and South America by the Incas and the Aztecs, or the Aztecs and the Incas, Built on slave labor? Doesn't China still have slave labor? You're not sure if China has slave labor? Where the hell do you think you got your effing iPhone from? By slave labor in China. Finally, why is there an equity problem in the black community? Why are blacks not earning as much as whites? Or Asians? Oh, oh it's, this is not finally. Why are blacks jailed in disproportionate numbers than any other race, including Hispanics and Asians? Because systemic white race, because of systemic white racism. Then why aren't more there are more Asians and Hispanics in jails? I mean, if whites all hate people of color, why are there system, uh, systemic systemic uh, or? By population, more blacks in jail than there are Hispanics. Asians don't make up even a statistical representation in jails. Why are white men still the majority in jails and prisons? And what are the examples of unjust imprisonment? You mean to tell me there's 25, 24% of blacks in prisons. So can you point to a number of blacks? That are actually unjustly in prison? None of this is answered in this document. None of this has ever been answered anywhere. It's just stated, and that's it. So it's gotta be absolutely true. I'm not sure who said this, but out, but outside of two plus two equals four, math can be manipulated to show that what show whatever you want to show. Physics. With the math in the right places Can prove that an elephant can hang off a cliff With its tail tied around a daisy Well so can history As a matter of fact with history it's easier By the way I think that movie was JFK I'd have to watch the movie again I haven't seen it in years Because JFK has been disproved So This is pure revisionist. The 1619 Project Is pure revisionist history They admitted in the introduction The document admits it. It's a revising of history to teach the truth that BLM and black activists want you to know. The problem with revisionist history is it adds what historians want you to know and leaves out what they want you to forget. The problems with the 1619 Project it adds stuff that flat out isn't true and leaves out most of the true American history. I think it's a good idea to go through all of the history in the New World in the United States. The good, the bad. I think, the US, I think U.S. history starts well before the discovery of the New World. Uh, well before, with the discovery of the New World. I think Christopher Columbus should be brought into this whole thing. I mean everyone wants to eliminate Christopher Columbus and he did some bad things. His soldiers did some bad things. And I don't think we should ignore that. This document is to change our culture, it is to teach our children the fallacy that the United States is evil, always has been, always will be, always will continue to be. The United States is systemically racist, and the left wants the philosophy bled into this philosophy bled into the institutions, the news media, the entertainment industry, and especially the education system. That way, once the culture has begun to accept this, it's a short trip uh, to uh, politics actually beginning to accept this, and then you have laws. How far are we from this? Not far. Because once in politics, the system can be changed. The left wants to counter systemic racism by, you got it, implementing systemic racism. But it's going to be the right groups that actually are, not, are racist. Not the wrong groups, in this case, the whites. Let's listen to Joe Biden, who in this statement is actually
1: promoting systemic racism. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be Black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses. And finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. But we're going to make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities In big cities, small towns, rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. Think of the mom and pop owner with a couple of employees who can't pick up the phone and call a banker who doesn't have a lawyer, an accountant to help them through this complicated process. To know if they're even qualified or who simply didn't know where where this relief was available in the first place. We went through this down when we were trying to bring, when we brought Detroit back off its knees. And as we saw in this morning's job report, restaurants, bars, and hospitality industry have been slammed by this virus. We're going to direct relief to those businesses and others that have been so badly hit, hit the hardest. We owe them that support to help them get through the other side of this crisis.
0: Folks, that is promoting systemic racism. Help everyone except white people, all white people. Doesn't matter what their heritage is or anything else. Maybe government will help white women because they're women, but looking at Joe Biden and his executive orders, that's not a thing either. When the government will benefit one race over the other, that is systemic racism. When a government takes the moral authority of one race over another, that is systemic racism. When a government supports the change of history to demonize a specific race, that is systemic racism. How do we know that? Because we've done it already. We did it. We demonized blacks for 200 years. We did it during slavery. We did it during Jim Crow. We did it. And we realized it's wrong. We did it already. We didn't allow women to vote because we saw them as the inferior sex. We got rid of that because it was wrong. When the Japanese were interned during World War II, II, we took their homes away, we took their property away, we took their businesses away. We gave them reparations and released them. Why? Because it was wrong. When Jim Crow, was holding blacks from being able to vote, from being able to truly be equal as individuals. What did we do? We ended Jim Crow by signing in the Civil Rights Act. Why? Because it was wrong. When the government supports a change of history to demonize a race, that is systemic racism. But when the government condemns and prosecutes white rioters at a Capitol building but ignores the $3 billion of damage done by BLM and Antifa rioters because of racial justice, that is systemic racism. So, what do we do now? If we're concerned about these events that are happening right now, what can we do as citizens? First things first, read the Bible and go to church. Many of our philosophies in the United States are based on Judeo-Christian philosophy. Our rights came from God, not government. Government wants to eliminate God because when you eliminate God, then government becomes God. You might as well know what God said. Include your children. They'll need a moral base because they're not gonna get it in public schools. They're not going to get it from the media. They're not going to get it from entertainment. They're not going to get it from government. They might as well know what's going on, what is right and what is wrong. I think part of the problem we have with our kids today is they don't know the difference between right and wrong. Read the Declaration of Independence. This document defines who we are as a nation. It is never a never-changing document. And for the most part, it is a secular document. They do mention God, but they don't care which God. We are to be in 2020, we are to be in 2021 what we were defined to be in 1776. Make sure your children know about it. Teach them. They won't get it in public school. They won't get it from the media. They won't get it from entertainment. Read the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all the amendments. This is a document That is the law of the land And gives us the exact process To lead us To what we are defined to be In the Declaration of Independence Know that Know that What is defined In the Constitution Is a state's right What does that mean? That is what's important Federal government really has nothing to do Federal government really shouldn't Have anything to do with your life as a matter of fact, hey, we didn't have taxes in this country till the 1900s. Why? Because the federal government is just there to basically do two things, protect us from foreign interests, foreign wars, and things like that, and to solve interstate disputes. That's really about it. They can tax to raise an army, but they're not really supposed to be doing too much. States' rights are what's important. This bullshit that you hear all the time about uh, abortion being eliminated because Roe versus Wade is overturned, this is garbage. That's not going to happen. Because if the Supreme Court does things right, they sit there and say, listen, um, uh, abortion is not defined anywhere in the Constitution, period. Period. There's not one word that says abortion in the Constitution. So therefore, the states make the law. And the only time we'll sit back and stop it is when there is something that I don't know. Science, we keep hearing from the left about science, and yet science says that a baby is a baby at conception. I mean, the DNA proves that, but it, we also have uh, <laughs> weird things like test tube babies and things like that. But that's not important teach the kids about this. They're not learning it in public schools. They're not learning it from the media, and they're not learning it from uh, the entertainment industry. The other thing I would suggest to do is devour history books, read history from all sides. I've read Howard Zinn's The People's History of the United States. It was crappy and filled with lies. It was really annoying. It's like watching CNN during primetime. I like, personally, Larry Schweikert's and Michael Allen's A Patriot's History of the United States because it is far more detailed as far as the history goes. Both the positive and negative are defined and will counter the leftist narrative on history. Here's the thing with history. And this came from the movie Fury. Ideals are peaceful. History is violent. And also... It's very rare that history is one-sided. There's always two sides. There's a negative and a positive. When we talk about the Indians, when we start talking about U.S. history and the Indians, um, yeah, the Indians were beaten down. They were basically systemically destroyed. But there is another side to it, a side that the U.S. history looks at. It's important to learn those both sides you know the Indians were doing fine when the colonists were here they had wars they had but the war some of the wars were started by the United States or the colonists some of the wars were started by the Indians and then when the United States became the United States some of the battles were by the United States government and their military and the others were by the Indians there's always two sides And you need to teach your kids this. You need to tell your kids, well, yeah, I mean, the Indians got the short end of the stick, but the reality is they also kind of uh, made their beds. The Trail of Tears is an exception. That was a terrible thing. And you need to tell your kids this because they're not going to get this in public schools. They're not going to get this in the media. And they're not going to get this in the entertainment industry. Homeschooling is not a thing for everyone. It's just not possible. But talk to your children. Teach them. Teach them morality. Teach them religion. Teach them history. Teach them math. And teach them English. Make sure that when they end their, they say, where's my dinner at? You sit there and you tell them, "Uh, where's my dinner at is not a thing. Then tell them why. Know why you don't end your sentence with an at. You don't end your sentence with your at" because a preposition prepares for another statement, and that's why you don't end your sentences with a preposition. They ain't learning any of this in public school. Make them read Mark Twain, John Steinbeck, and J.D. Salinger. Make them read Edgar Allan Poe. Their books are now being banned in schools. And they're not getting any information from public schools, the media, or the entertainment industry, because we need to destroy American culture. We need to destroy American history. That's a thing that they want to do. And Mark Twain, John Steinbeck, J.D. Salinger, they kind of get in the way of that because they were such great writers. Make them read those writers we need to take over the culture and the only way we do this is by teaching our kids and standing up that's it that's the new civil war not violence or bloodshed it's going to be us taking over the government from the cultural perspective and we can win because here's the thing conservatism wins because it's the truth. It's right. It follows all the things the Democrats want you to think they're following, or the left, not Democrats, but the left wants you to think they're following. Okay, I know this was a long one, and I got news for you. The 1776 um, commission report, that's going to be another one long one too, because I really am I'm really passionate about that, and I can't wait to talk about this next week. So you can follow me. You can uh, download or listen to this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at com, where you can read my essay. Uh, Look at all the links if you want to see all of the 1619 Project BS. Uh, I'd say where my Twitter account is, but I don't give a damn if you listen to me, if you follow me on Twitter, you can actually just connect in and look at my notes. It's in there and parlor is still not up. So it's at dumb talking politics. So if you ever want to join me on parlor, you can, I'm sure it's going to be up soon. I hope you enjoyed this. This is Gene and you've listened to dumb talking politics.